this community needs you. This phrase is repeated several times in that bridging ceremony. We need you just as you are. You remind us to keep our minds and hearts open. I was brought up Unitarian Universalist, but I began coming to this church only about two years ago. Over the past few weeks, I've been thinking about that bridging ceremony for children. My son was in fifth grade the first time I heard it, just last year. And this year, he completed the sixth grade Rites of Passage curriculum, a series of lessons that nurture and celebrate our middle school children's independence and growing responsibilities. In mid-May, the curriculum ended with the sixth graders leaving to go to lunch at Dunn Brothers all by themselves, no adults. It's possible that the weekly donuts and that solo trip to Dunn Brothers had something to do with it, but my son, Nikita, has taken to this church in a way that was unexpected for a stubborn, kind of cranky middle school boy. My children and I have been made to feel welcome here, and we're edging closer and closer to feeling like we belong. There's a difference, right, between feeling welcome and feeling like you belong. Maybe it's because I'm an English teacher, but I think we have two distinct words in our language for a reason. I think we're pretty good at welcoming in this culture and in this church, but belonging is different. I'm a language teacher and a teacher educator, and I have a love for dictionaries and the origins of words. My grandmother used to say that any dinner conversation worth its weight had a dictionary on the table by the time dessert was served. <laughs> She was right about most things. <laughs> so let's take a moment and think about those two words, welcome and belong. There may be some clues inside the words themselves, as there so often is. Welcome is a verb, a transitive verb, meaning it can take a direct object. So I can welcome a friend to my home, or you can say the boss welcomed her new staff member, or the parade welcomed the heroes home from battle. It means to greet in a warm and friendly manner, or to receive something with happiness or pleasure. For the curious, it comes from Middle English and dates back to the 12th century. Welcome is an active word. It is something we do. We use it every week here at First Universalist as we share words of welcome. It's a great word. And in general, as you use in our larger US culture, we are extremely good at doing the work of welcoming. Belong is a little different. It's used to say that something or someone is supposed to be in a particular place, is accepted and liked, and I like this one, is properly classified. <laughs> and for you trivia buffs, it also comes to us from Middle English and dates back to the 14th century. We say you belong if you are attached or bound by birth or allegiance or if a member of a club or an organization. We can belong to a church, to a fitness gym, to a book club, but we can also feel like we belong, right? We can have a sense of belonging. Think for a moment, just a moment, and I'll give you a few seconds to do this silently. When you think about where you belong, or when you have a really strong sense of belonging, what do you think about? Go ahead and think.
For some of you, you may have immediately thought of a place, a physical location. For others, it might be a group of people, maybe family or friends or colleagues, where you feel completely accepted and at ease. Let's just hold on to that for a moment, because I'd like to come back to it. So hold that sense of belonging, whatever it is, close by. Now there's kind of a funny thing about the word belong, and if you're a language person or a grammar junkie like me, you might have noticed. If not, just hang in there for a second. So belong is what's called an intransitive verb. That means it can't take a direct object. You can't belong somebody the way you can welcome somebody. You can belong to something, but you can't belong something directly. There are lots of intransitive verbs out there, so I don't want to read too much into it. But on the other hand, it's interesting. We can welcome people into our communities and into our hearts, but we can't belong them. We cannot make someone feel as if they belong directly. We can only create the conditions where that might take place, hold, and grow. Let me share a story a memory that bubbled up as I was thinking about these words. A few years ago, long before I had discovered First Universalist, we lived next door to a delightful family with young children like ours, a stay-at-home mom like me at the time, and we spent a lot of time together. Every afternoon after nap times, our backyards lost their definition and the kids would run back and forth enjoying double the yard, double the space, double the toys and swings and baby pools. Neither of us had family in town, and so we counted on each other for the nurturing that every young family needs. These neighbors belong to the nearby Church of Latter-day Saints, a Mormon church. And knowing that, we carefully avoided talking about religion or church. <laughs> Although I knew that they were very active in their congregation. When their daughter turned eight, they graciously invited me to her baptism. I was happy to be there for Sarah, and I immediately Googled Mormon baptism in preparation. I approached the event with cultural curiosity and excitement, just as I might a Japanese wedding or an American Indian powwow. At the baptism, I arrived early. I chatted with some of the relatives that I'd seen now and again throughout the years and I was welcomed into their community with easy chatter and offered a seat. I had expected to be surprised, since the whole ritual as someone raised Unitarian was a little bit out of my realm of experience. But I had not expected to be moved. There came this moment during the baptism when young Sarah, eight years old, her hair wet from the full immersion dip in the baptism pool, was asked to sit in front of the whole group of about 40 or so people gathered, and eight elders from the congregation, all men dressed formally in dark suits and ties, came up to her and each put a hand on her shoulders or her back and closed their eyes. During this laying on of hands, Sarah was calm and quiet, and I was taken by this image and of this calmness and peace and that sweet air that had shifted into prayer. Take a moment, the church leader said to young Sarah, and feel the weight and gentleness of these hands upon you now. Remember that their warmth is with you always. These strong, gentle hands will support and guide you 
even when you feel alone, you are not. Remember this feeling of warmth and love surrounding you, lifting you up. Today you are with us and we are with you. We are glad to have you. And we will take care of you and love you. My Unitarian self, one that had just witnessed a full immersion baptism and was completely out of my comfort zone, well, I was weeping. I was so moved by this ritual laying on of hands. But mostly, I realized later, I was jealous. This family, my neighbors, had a place where they belonged, a web of people who would always support their child. My kids didn't have that. They didn't have anything close to that. I wanted them to have a web of community that stretched long and wide beyond just us, their parents, and seasonal visits to relatives, none of whom live in the same state. Well, becoming Mormon isn't really in the cards for me. So I just held on to this image of Sarah, damp, quiet, calm, enveloped by those kind adults. And I held on to that peaceful, sweet, gentle air I had breathed with my neighbors that night. I have held on to this image for years. This one evening so many years ago helped me think about the words welcome and belong. While I had been welcomed at that event in Sarah's life and was happy to be there, I certainly didn't belong. That was okay. My neighbors did. I could tell from the way they moved through the room, the way they spoke to the guests, they were at home. They belonged there. And I was so glad to catch a glimpse of that. It is a treasured memory. They moved away many years ago, and Sarah's probably finishing high school by now, but I don't worry about her. I know she's in good hands. Like author and thinker Bell Hooks writes, Sarah is receiving this most precious gift true love offers, the experience of knowing we always belong. Circling back to those words again, welcome and belong. In the whole scheme of things, I think welcome is easier, both grammatically and practically. Welcome home, welcome back, welcome Matt's words of welcome, you're welcome. Making someone feel welcome isn't hard, really. We do it all the time. In this culture, we are good at welcoming. We provide greeters and name tags, coffee and cookies. We have a cultural norm of small talk that engages strangers in easy, predictable conversation and putting them at ease. Having spent time in other cultures, I can say with confidence, as Americans, we are good at welcoming. Belong is a tougher word. It's intransitive. It requires a little more work on both ends. If you belong, it means you either signed up or applied or otherwise took action to become a member, and also that you were accepted. But you can't belong someone directly. To feel as if you belong, to have a sense of belonging, someone first has to welcome you. Feeling as if you belong is very much on others to take action first. It's not entirely up to you, is it? Belonging takes effort on both ends. Recall for a moment that place or time or setting where it was that you felt like you truly belonged. Bell Hooks writes, a generous heart is always open, 
always ready to receive our coming and going. I wonder, was your belonging place among people with generous hearts? Is it a place like at the bridging ceremony where you sense that those around you will never tire of loving you? A couple of weeks ago, for the first time since Sarah's baptism so many years ago, I witnessed another laying on of hands. This time, it was in this very room. It had a decidedly different feel, as you can imagine. It was the coming-of-age service for 10 16-year-olds who had just given their belief statements in public. They bravely stated their truths and were honest, sometimes brutally so, and they, embraced, they were embraced as mature members of this community. At the end of the ceremony, their families came forward and placed a hand upon their shoulders, followed by their mentors, their friends, and the congregants in the audience. We touched them and each other and formed a strong, gentle web as Justin blessed their thoughts, words, and deeds. We stood with these young people, standing at the intersection of childhood and adulthood between the nest and the sky. My son, the sixth grader, was there in the audience, and he readily took part in this ritual. He placed a hand on the young girl in front of him and another on my shoulder, and while Justin blessed the youth and all present, I stared at my middle school son in wonder. He looked so calm and so at ease. He looked as if he belonged. I think maybe we both did. May it be so. Thank mm -hmm. you.